Our sponsors this month are Shropshire Drone Services. If you're looking for aerial video or photography in Shropshire, then they can help you. Go to shropshiredroneservices.co.uk or speak to Matt at 07 800 689 209. Whether you're looking for crisp video or perfect photography from anywhere in Shropshire, they can help you. They come highly recommended from the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We asked them for some help uh, with our website and they delivered crisp, perfect footage of our town in Shrewsbury. That's shropshiredroneservices.co.uk. You will not be disappointed, folks. Hi, guys, and welcome to this great episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Um, I really enjoyed this one. Um, it features Mary, who was a fantastic guest, and, uh, and Verity joins us for this one, too. And uh, we had a great, great time. Uh, I want to say, though, um, before we get into this, that we are rebuilding our website. Well, I say I, I mean the great team at Web Orchard. Um, the website needs to be uh, made look slick and cool, um, and they're working at the moment to rebrand the show and to offer some great visuals um, as part of the the website. Uh, stay connected to the show to to know uh, you know to learn everything about that because things are going to change. I'm going to start writing. Um, some blogs that accompany some of the episodes. Um, it's going to be pretty cool how it all works together. I want to say thank you to Matt from uh, Shropshire Drone Services. Um, I needed some, I wanted some cool drone footage of the town because ultimately this is a community podcast and Shrewsbury's our town. And he went out and got some amazing drone footage for me. So thank you, Matt, for that. And um, I would highly recommend Shropshire Drone Services. I know we've got an advert running for them at the moment to say thank you. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, uh, what you did for us was wonderful. Anyway, without further ado, I'll lead us into this episode. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you guys at the other end. Take it away. Hi guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Whiteley, and with me today, back is Verity. All right. Hi. Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've been, um, I've been speaking to lots of. We've had lots of like guest co-hosts and stuff, so it's nice to have you back. Oh well, it's I'm thrilled to be back. We had um, Katie Rink when we were at the at the Ark, and we had Rich Carter from Australia. Australia. How was it? He's all right. It's really, really. It's really funny because like it's just rich. Like for us, it's just it's just rich. But when when I turn the microphone on, he was like, oh, "Yeah, hi." How's it going? These microphones do weird things to people. They do. They 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 kind of bring me out of my shell, and they put a lot of people back into theirs. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, today we're joined by. Uh, it's really funny. Got a great story. This is Mary Perry. Thank you so much for hello joining us on the show. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was walking to House Coffee and um, Mary was sat with Anna Williams from, from Pod Aid. She pointed at me, Anna, Anna did. She goes, I've literally just said your name. I was like, you're lying. It's literally like that. I was <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> I thought she'd seen a nice cake in the window. I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> oh, that would have been a disappointment. Cake? Oh, it's just Alex. <laughs> just Alex in House no, Coffee. No, no. Um, and we met at uh, Abbey Fest. Yes, yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah. Um, 
And were you at the award ceremony as well? At I Davis was, Award? yeah, I was. Gosh, that was a while ago. Yeah, but I was, I was there. It's the first one I've been to. But yeah, I did that and then volunteered at Abbey Fest in the VIP area. So. Oh, I did that. Yeah. Did you do yeah. it on the Friday? I did, I yeah. Was on the Saturday. Oh, it was very fancy. I know. Yeah. How fun. It I made me, it. Uh, reminded me how much I love hospitality. I know. All of those days of waitressing when I was like 16 all just came they back paid to me. Off. I, was like, <laughs> I know how to do that. I know what I'm doing yeah. with me. Exactly. It's like, oh, I've got an eight VIPs. <laughs> oh, I'll look after. I, 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 did, I see, I've been to Abbey Fest for the last two years, but I've never been able to sort of relax it's weird because i'm like i'm like that yeah. with, my, with my microphone very much like i was with you i was like hi i'm alex from the shoes of biscuit you know and then i do my interviews and then i'm usually like really tired so i go to bed so i like to i'd like to come and be like right you're going to be the biscuit bar guy in my stead yeah i'm going for a beer it's good I, I i enjoyed it i did the viping yeah looking after ring yeah i think those are all real words and and then had a bit of food afterwards it's a nice event isn't it it is and it's so unique like you know it's so random isn't it just being in i there. think the novelty of having a drink in church really goes to people's head i think so yeah. i agree <laughs> well for it last year last year's abbey fest we had the cutest exchange honestly it was so sweet on on the biscuit it was my first year and i went with my colleague uh kevin and we'd been at the armory for a work do. And I was like, they were all like points. And I was like, no, I got Abbey Fest afterwards. I got my, I showed him my microphone, got to do my thing. And um, uh, Kevin was like, I'm going to have to come with you because he's from, he's local. And he's like, I don't believe that they're drinking beer in the Abbey. And I was like, no, yeah, we are. So we went to Abbey Fest and he's like, you can't, I can't believe this. I used to come here when I was at school. It was really strict. And now I'm sitting here having a beer. It was- <laughs> it's bizarre. It <laughs> it's is, just so it? nice. But like you said, I think it's the novelty, isn't it? It's very different. It's very, very unique. Um, and I've been doing a lot of, bit of research on you today. Oh. Yeah. I'm <laughs> stalking you on Facebook more than anything. Uh, and Anna as well was like, just look on our website, which I did. And, you know, when it comes to treatment, breast, mm-hmm. breast cancer, I mean, like, yeah. what is your, what's your story with that? I mean, how, how quickly did it happen? How did you get, I mean, like... How? Yeah, it feels like all a bad dream, really. But, yeah, it was sort of... Um, 2020 you know the big old year of the vid um so uh, I uh, yeah I found just found a lump beginning of 2020 and I was just you know not really never thought of anything being wrong so I didn't want to go to the doctor didn't think it was anything bad and it was actually my other half that was like you need to go because uh, he's had experience of cancer I've never what a guy been. what a guy yeah no he was he was very good so I did went to the GP you know and it was like they greeted me in a hazmat suit and I was like, what's going on Oh, here? wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was somebody, somebody put a picture of a, 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 a picture of people queuing on Asda car park oh, in yeah. 2020 and Back how ridiculous we looked. I know. <laughs> you think of the things now and you're like, did we really do that? Like, it was so bizarre. But Hazmat was, suit. Honestly, it was, so they're doing a breast examination. She just literally looks like she's landed off the moon and I was like, this is the most bizarre situation. Um, but yeah, I got referred to the breast clinic um, and it was literally literally all end of March um so it was right when it was all happening in lockdown um and then I got diagnosed officially in May so yeah it wasn't it wasn't too long between everything happening but um but yeah once I'd gone for my ultrasound at the breast clinic I kind of pretty much knew it was quite apparent uh, from the lady yeah I mean I know they can't say anything but you're kind of like I can tell I'm getting I'm vibe. getting the vibe yeah, yeah exactly like she was 
I went in and and she literally did the ultrasound and then straight away wanted to do a biopsy and that was not the plan. And then you're like... The yours, I mean... I'm speaking to two cancer survivors now. I've both been for their own separate stories, but like they always play it off as like mm. cliche in the movies. Like, are you sitting down? You know, the other phone call, the awkward phone call, or they do the the awkward exchange and just just tell me straight, dark. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> it is. It's a little bit like that because I think now when you look back, obviously, like I'm sure you agree. Everything now, I listen to the way people say things and the way that the mood is in the room, and you're trying to read it all. Like, what does this mean? because you know you've been there when it's been like that but but yeah I sort of you know got diagnosed um I was HER2 positive which is more aggressive um but it had been found quite early so it was only 1.6 centimeters in size which is quite good quite small um, but obviously it was aggressive so um they basically what they told me was they were going to throw the kitchen sink at me so they gave me everything so chemo radio surgery um tamoxifen herceptin injections um so yeah sort of really you know had a good shopping list of stuff to get so you were at your most vulnerable during one of the most oh, crazy times in you know yeah. in our lives oh it was so it's really weird because um obviously I wasn't allowed to have anyone with me for anything um and that was really sad and I do agree it was very very sad but I suppose I didn't know what it was like to have someone with me so I didn't miss that what I felt bad was for people maybe halfway through treatment who could have had someone with them for chemo and then that was taken away from them that was probably quite difficult whereas for me I find I I didn't really know what it was like to have anyone there so I obviously it would have been nice but I mean I think it was more the appointments when you know they were telling me stuff that was you know obviously like my diagnosis I that was told to me on my own and like things like that and and you only ever take in so much and I think if I could have had like my other half with me he would have been able to not come to any no so well it again it was the vibe I was in the I was in the waiting room and um you know at this point I had been told and and they said oh are you on your own and I said well yeah because it says on the letter I'm not allowed to bring anyone with me and like oh well is there someone in the car park I said yeah my other half and well he can come in and I was thinking at that point I was like just tell me I just want to know what's going on yeah um so yeah I just went in and I just thought I wish that he could have obviously been there really because he would have listened to more he he's very much more like glass half full whereas I'm like oh my gosh like this is going to be the most awful thing ever Um, and obviously it is but um he very much saw the okay so it's small and it's early and you know whereas I'm looking at it's aggressive and it's you know like so it's hard it's the only way I look at it because I've I've never had uh, been through the cancer experience it was when I broke my ankle a few years not my um, not my my uh, my ligaments that I told my um, my actual break they were like there's a fracture but it's very small and I was like fracture yeah. all I heard was fracture like not it's, it's very small it's fine it'll heal within a couple of weeks I heard fracture yeah. like, I've decided I'm a ca- catastrophizer I'm like <laughs> yeah everything's like oh my so gosh that, that wouldn't never. have been a good time in the world to no. be a catastrophizer no exactly exactly with the COVID thing it was it was the worst so the worst thing was for me was I'm super close with my family and my mum and dad live in Wales and we also live in England so every time the rules were in our favour in England they were not in our favour in Wales yeah. so I could never we, we, they were never matched basically. going through treatment you're yeah. immunocompromised as well so yes that was tough you had to be even more I'm presuming yeah like well they originally said um, especially to my other half because he works in sort of agriculture and they were like you're going to have to stop working and he was like, I, 
well, I can't stop working, you know, like that's not a possibility. Um, Because I'd recently gone self-employed, so I'd only been self-employed six months. And so there was no support for me as a business. So Mm. I was like, we can't both not be working, you know, that's not really going to work. And it was a brutal time for a lot of young businesses. Yeah, it was, I mean, I ended up just um, taking on a job on a local sort of farm and I just was like, I'll just take on any work. And then that was when the diagnosis happened and I realised I couldn't obviously work there because it was quite immunocompromised and everything. But Dave carried on working. His work were really, really good about it. But, you know, we just had to do the thing like when he got home, you know clothes straight in, in the, the washing, washing machine. machine yeah it was and and again Spray it was with Dettol yeah and like, <laughs> like Get here. honestly I was just like where have you been like where have you been today um but it was just you know like he did, did a lot of meetings and obviously going to farms and stuff like that so it was quite difficult and farmers aren't the best sometimes understanding yeah, that was quite personal. scary uh, it was yeah I found COVID scary because <clears throat> I was diagnosed at a very similar time to you right yeah. at the beginning of it all in 2020 um, but I was in a position, mm. I, I don't actually know how how now, because it makes no sense, but my partner did stop working, and, okay. and yeah. so did I. But he's self-employed, so yeah. on the two weeks when I was bad with the chemo, mm. he'd be off work, Got you, yeah. and then he'd go for that third week yeah. just to get a little bit of money in. Yeah, because that's the thing as well, isn't it? You, kinda, you don't know in the beginning how you're going to react. Exactly. So you're just like... I could either be bed bound and yeah. totally ill or I could handle this really well. And yeah. and so that was the scary bit. I mean, I was scared financially. I was sure. obviously scared for that side of it, but obviously also scared because I didn't know how I was going to react to treatment. And how did you react to treatment? Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, well, I always sort of say a, a massive part, which people forget about is because of my age, I was off of fertility treatment. Um, so I had all my, um, had the egg, collections and we made embryos and stuff and and that was before I had the chemo and all that and that that was actually quite a really intense process as well and it was yeah very overwhelming I don't I don't think that's that's like IVF isn't it yeah the, the beginning part of it so yeah. they are like oh it was it, so your hormones intense. are going wild yeah it, and that was the thing they're yeah. injecting you with hormones and my cancer was hormone positive and so that's playing on my mind I'm like I don't know if I want so to you know after you got your diagnosis that's when you, you <clears throat> saved your eggs and for, yeah for pretty much um as soon as they took as soon as they took the tumor out as soon as i had surgery they tested it to make sure to see what sort of type of cancer it was and as soon as they knew what it was and as soon as i was told this is what it is literally that afternoon i had to go to the fertility unit and start the injections and start all that so and so much paperwork because of the legalities that are involved in it because we weren't married at the time so it was ownership honestly and so it was just like is this actually happening you know it was I've just literally been told I'm gonna have to have chemo and all this sort of stuff because at that point I wasn't sure if I was gonna have just radio and you you had surgery first I had lumpectomy first yeah yeah, um which was very rare at that time because of covid um a lot of people I had spoken to had had theirs delayed and had treatment like chemo first and then surgery so I was quite lucky um, and I had that in the private hospital in Shrewsbury in our field. Same. Yeah. I feel like we could have literally been there high-fiving each other. We could have yeah. literally been down the corridor, couldn't yeah. we? Like, it was, but it was just, again, that was bizarre because it was so quiet and it was just like... Do you know what? Weird. I don't know if people said the same to you, but they were like, oh, you're going to love the Nuffield. It's like a yeah. hotel. It's so, they'll, they'll wheel you in some food. Honestly, I was, I was like... I was so sick because I don't respond well to anesthetic i've had several operations since yeah and they've sort of nailed the combination for me so i'm like whatever they did in the last operation can you do that one again (laughs) but when i was in the nuffield um 
I I was I was they I was being picked up at eight. I was vomiting at half seven. No, I was no, so no. so sick, and everyone was like, "Did you love the Nuffield?" I was like, "No, I didn't really get a chance." <laughs> no, I didn't. So dosed up. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know where where you are. I, yeah, I had the consultant coming in to talk to me, and oh. I was like, I "Don't even know what he's saying." I'm so out of it. Oh my god. So did you have uh, mastectomy or lumpectomy? I I wasn't offered a lumpectomy. Okay. It was because Straight. mine wasn't her too positive, but yeah. it was really fast growing. Okay. So. When it was first measured, it was under two centimetres. By the time they took it out, a couple of months later, it was seven centimetres. No. Oh yeah, so wow. mine was a real uh, quick grower. Yeah. Um. So I just had a flat out mastectomy. Yeah. But I did ask them at the time, can I have, um, just just take them both? They've yeah. Seen better days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's get them gone. Get them off. They've seen their best days, rather. Yeah. Um. But they wouldn't because COVID, they were like life-saving operations only. Yeah. So, I always yeah. get confused because there's actually a group of girls um, that have gone, who all had treatment at Lingen Davis. We all had chemo at the same time and we all kind of met through Instagram. Um, some of them are from Telford, Shrewsbury, whatever. And we go out for dinner every so often and we've all had different experiences. And that's like what I find really like bizarre. Like, because they're like, oh, so why didn't you have a mastectomy? I'm like, because I wasn't offered one, you know, and it's, yeah. and it, it, again, like I still don't understand some of the choices and the reasons of why, but it is weird. Everybody goes through such a different experience. The clouds parted from <clears throat> that day. I know. I just, <laughs> you know, literally that, but I was like, oh gosh, I was like, you know, I wanted a mastectomy. I was like, you just yeah. take them off. Like I just want Get them off. Gone. Yeah. But yeah, they're all different choices for different people, I guess. Does, yeah. does that leave, and I'm sorry, this is a really neg- point negative thing to say, but does that, does that leave like future doubts in it or worries yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And and also like obviously for anyone who's gone through a mastectomy, like I haven't, but it must be very tough because yeah. you literally have your boobs taken off. Um and you know, a lumpectomy is obviously better because you still have your boobs. Um but you know, I do still I have a massive dent in, you know, in my chest and stuff and it just looks horrendous. Um but you know, you just you come to terms with all of that. But I think with with that in your head, you think, well, if I've had if I had them off, surely that massively reduces my risk. And because I was her too, that they say that there's a higher chance of that reoccurring. And so there's always that doubt in your mind, I think. But I think it's always there with anything. Um, cancer, isn't it? You know, moving on from it. I'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah. It's just natural, isn't it? That's the one thing I'm, I've um, found 100%. Like, just the scariness of reoccurrence is... Ah, uh, see, I... Um I just do you not. Nah, I just. I want to go at you. I just. I I shared a clip of Verity. I called it Verity the Furious. Did you Did you see it? Was that? Well, Verity the Vicious. I think it was called. I called it the uh, the one we were talking to Tom about. The yeah, nights. no, I did see it. Yeah, I, we were talking about uh, night. There's this uh, TV show with knights, like UFC, but with armor. Yeah. People in armor, and I was like, oh, I can imagine Brock Lesnar coming at you with a sword. I'd cry, and Verity was like, I'd have him. <laughs> I've seen the worst. Bring it and come, come at, at me. me with a sword. <laughs> I it was so because that is you. That is yeah. that is you. I suppose I kind of have got to the point where I'm like I've been through so much like crap that you know you're just like I could take on whatever. Like What's now you know you kind of just feel you do it gives feel you a like little a bit sense. of a power, doesn't it? It does, and also like. I mean, when I first finished treatment, I was very much like terrified, you know, every ache, every pain, you know, really, really scared. And now I'm kind of to the point where I'm kind of like, I've done it once. If I had to do it again, I could do it again, you know, and like you kind of and that's a really weird thing for someone who's not been through it to understand. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, like I I, I did it. It was hard and it wasn't easy. Don't want to do it again. No, but if I had to, however, I could do it again. Yeah. And that's why I think like going through all of the treatment like you really do 
you really do see the absolute worst of yourself, but you get through it somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the COVID thing was tough. Like the. Um, can I ask? You've got lovely hair. Yeah, I lost it all. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried the cold cap. Yeah. Um, and I persisted with the cold cap, which was horrific because I had like three strands left. But I was oh. like, I'm going to do it because they were like, the regrowth is amazing if you keep doing it. Um, and um, yeah, but. It got literally, it was silly, like I was yeah. like hanging on to these strands. I'm was, so temperature sensitive that I was just like, I don't, I don't yeah. even want it. It would have been excruciating for me. I it think. was just like, and again, saying with not having people with you, um, I don't think I could have spoke to anyone uh, at my chemo if I'd have, you know, having the cold cap on because it just made me feel sick. Like yeah. it was so cold and I had like no hair, but it's, yeah, literally this is, yeah, two You've and got a half. a beautiful head of hair. Growth. I know it's so thick. It's, it's so a thick. word nobody's ever said to me. <laughs> Don't get jealous. <laughs> Alex's hair's lovely. That being said, it took me an hour to get ready today. So I've mean, got a real nice beard. I know, exactly. and I've shaped it today. I've done a different idea of it. Yeah, exact silver linings, you know, you've got mm. to. But I mean. Because I'm looking at your hair now and thinking, oh, I should have just cold capped. But I, gen- I don't know if it really made that much difference because the regrowth wasn't quick which is what i thought it would be um i think i always had thick hair before i always and i just think maybe it's just the same i don't know i was speaking to a friend in the week and i was talking about this 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 interview actually and and verity and you know sort of how inspired i am by some of the conversations we 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 were having here at the biscuit and um uh, my, my colleague i won't mention her name was like um she used to get really annoyed with people looking and going oh like those that kind oh, of look yeah that kind of look God. And you're she, sick yeah, literally that yeah. i hate that i i was that was my one thing was i didn't want to look ill and i knew if i didn't have hair people look at you straight away and they know don't they do you know what i find was the the look was when you lose your eyebrows <sighs> and your eyelashes that's when you really as much as you try and draw them on it's yeah. never gonna look the same did you ever have people come up to you and say anything or i mean covid like the, COVID, yeah. yeah, but it's the look. Back off! <laughs> no, immunocompromised. Like, do not come anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember the first time I went driving in my car because obviously my my husband at the time when he was off work he he drove yeah. or if I needed to go anywhere I was ferried about. First time I drove by myself and needed to get petrol in my car. I'd forgotten whether I was petrol or diesel and yeah. I'm there. Which side is the cap on? <laughs> Literally, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my car anymore. I had to ask the car behind me going, um, do you know what my car is? And they, were, they were like, it's a turbo diesel. It says it's a diesel. I was like, it's right, diesel, yeah. But that was one time yeah. when I was like, um, I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, look at my hair, look at my face. I'm a patient. Um, don't don't, yeah, you don't do judge feel me. Like that though as well. Like sometimes if like, it sounds really awful, but if someone's being really mean to me, like, like when I was going through it, I almost just wanted to shout back like, I'm going through some really bad stuff right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like, I never did, but you kind of, you know, like, don't be mean to me. You know, I kind of like, I've got this T-shirt at home, which, um, like, my husband's like, you're not allowed to use the excuse anymore, but it literally has a card on it and it said, cancer sucks, expiry never. And I was like, I can use it forever. I was like, <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, can. you know, it's 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 allowed to be used when you've been through it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, just, what Alex said, I don't know how you felt, but when people sort of do the pity that mm, I could have uh, honestly I still had the energy to go no mm-hmm. no I don't invite that energy into my world I don't want your pity it's that you're an inspiration I don't I I get it I get why people are trying to say it because I've probably said it before 
But then some people, but you're like, I didn't ask for this to happen. <laughs> you know, when you're See, like, I'd rather people say that to me than, oh, yeah. I'd rather go, I'd rather than go look at you, you're acing it. And yeah. Go, yeah. Cheers. I yeah, yeah. There are, there are weird ways of, of showing inclusion. Um, and I was, I was having a conversation with my oldest, Leon, uh, the other day. And we were talking about, uh, there's this video of, um, they're throwing like cakes in this crowd at this gig. Yeah. And one hits this kid in a wheelchair in the face. And I was like, well, that's true inclusion. Yeah. And true. he was like, what? I was like, the kid's got hit by a cake like everyone else in the crowd. Like yeah. that is true inclusion. And he's a boy's in a wheelchair. I said, I don't care. He went to a gig. He got hit by a cake like everyone else. That's how, that's inclusion. That is that's true. Equality. Yeah, so, that is true. So that's I'm not saying, by the way, if you see, see a cancer yeah, suffer in a supermarket, don't hit him with a don't cake. Don't throw cake. So, 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 you know, like um, there are Instagram uh, people who share their stories and all the rest yeah. of it. And every now and again, you, you come across something that says things not to say when your friend's yeah. going through this or things to definitely yeah, yeah. say. I I don't always agree with them because yeah. I think I would have appreciated someone saying that to me and I would not have appreciated so I think yeah. everyone's, so, everyone's different. so different you've just got to try and be responsive to the person yeah and I think going through. you've got to navigate your own way and 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 also everybody's so different in how they talk and communicate that if yeah. someone's your friend and they say something, that's just the way they are. They're not yeah. trying to be horrible to you. You know, it's all weird. It's just the way they are. You've got to read. What about family? Do you see differences in family? Because mm. yeah, know. a little bit. Like my mum and dad were really. Again, we've had no experience of cancer in our family, so it was just. And because I think of COVID, they never actually saw me going through it. They like, you know, I did find it hard, and they never saw the worst bits they only saw me when I was okay so they think I sailed through it like I was yeah, at yeah. oh gosh you handled it so well and I'm like yeah don't well. think about you know those days in the bathroom you know like no eyebrows no eyelashes like Dave do you still love me you know like crying to myself like you know it was just like it was hard and I think yeah my mum my and dad like they just d probably didn't quite know how to handle it because it was just so new and nothing they'd ever experienced before like anyone going through chemo or you know so yeah I found it easier to maybe talk to people that were going through it as well or people I didn't even know about it than close people definitely yeah it's so because I was totally the opposite I didn't really? find it helpful speaking to people who were going through it yeah um People who had experienced it, I would chat to, but not regularly. Yeah. yeah, because I just thought, well, I'm really proud of you and what you went through and how you handled it. But this is totally different because this is me. And mm. like you said, the amount of people you speak to and every, every story is slightly different, every... Yeah treatment and the comparison you don't want to compare yeah because, oh comparison is the root of all evil so i didn't is. want to play that game so no. i thought that is great for you but i'm just going to concentrate on what i'm going through and what my friends and my family are experiencing. definitely because i really threw myself into instagram and like i did i was one of those people who shared pretty much most of the stuff i was going through especially the fertility stuff because i actually came across a lot of friends that were probably going through it and i didn't know they were mm. um but I found that that was quite a double-edged sword because then you had people messaging you going, oh, well, you haven't had this, gal, you haven't had this, I had this and stuff. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, why did yeah. you get that? Well, I, I, was, I was reading a story about, um, it was on Facebook, it was about somebody who'd had fertility treatment and they were happy about it and stuff. And the comments were people going, 
oh, you had it that many times. I only had it this many times. Yeah. And oh, how lucky are they? You're sharing their joy on it. There's people on here that I can't oh. have that. And I'm like, no. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's sharing their nice story and just. It, that is the it. bad part because I've had it as well. You get the messages, don't you? Like, oh, if you'd have eaten a plant-based diet and not, you know, it, done this, and you wouldn't have got cancer. And you're like, right, cool, you know, like, and just, and like, again, everyone's different, you know. Mm. Like that might be what some people think is right, but you know, it's not necessarily what I think. So that was quite hard, and you know, it it was that whole trying to switch off to those sorts of messages and stuff. And it sometimes it get quite overwhelming. You were like people constantly messaging you and you wanted to be there for them. But like you said, I had to focus on myself yeah, as well. Totally. I'd be terrible in a situation like this because I know I'd have friends that would be messaging me going, Al, are you okay? And I wouldn't get to back to him for like five days, but Al, are you okay? Like they get really worried or really annoyed. Yeah. I'm terrible anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when they really yeah, want to know if I'm okay. <laughs> it was really weird like going back to seeing, because I'd shared a lot on Instagram and then going back to seeing people in real life and being like, God, I they've seen that you know and it's like oh and, and they've and seen me at my most seen, vulnerable yeah and and obviously like some people are so awkward about talking about cancer and stuff and like my other half's like friends I would just address it dead on like because I obviously growing my hair I was like going through a period of when I had it super short I'd be wearing a wig or something and I was literally like could be at a wedding and I'd generally have my fan out because you know menopause sure. and I just literally <laughs> in a marquee like give me the fan <laughs> and I just literally went, hot flushes, you know, you know, because of, you know, breast cancer yeah. and stuff. And I just, like, I just want to tackle it head on because I don't want anyone to feel that's, awkward. That's like what I do with my fake boobs. Yeah. Just get them out, pass them around. No, absolutely. Yeah. Total transparency. Yeah. That's what I'm all about. Because otherwise I think, I don't want people to feel weird and like, yeah. oh God, can I not say that? It's like, just go for that's it. That's why I love doing what we do with the biscuit though. Because like, I would never get like, you know, away from the microphone I won't walk up to someone and go how was your cancer mm. like I would never have that con- I wouldn't say it like that I know kind of <laughs> idiot with that, but you know what I mean like yeah <laughs> um, it's the kind that was cancer for you <laughs> um no it's weird because it's like it yeah, sounds that was like ironic that. by the way I wasn't being really cool no. <laughs> but like I just I don't know whether it's you kind of have this dark humor sometimes go I don't know and like it sounds bad because I'm like smiling and like laughing about things obviously it was really awful but but it happened. It happened. It's very matter of yeah, fact. You exactly. can't take away that it happened. And I'm here. We're and here. You're here. Yeah. And that's it's weird. I'm just very matter of fact about it. I yeah. think. Yeah. I am. Um, somebody new started working with me the other day, and uh, my boobs were mentioned in the office, and um, and I was wearing some fake boobs at the time because I've started wearing them now, occasionally. And um, I, like I turned around to her and I thought, oh, bless her. She's got no context. She doesn't know what's going on. So I just turned to her and I went, I haven't got any boobs. What <laughs> <laughs> a conversation. And then, and then she went, oh, I was very flat chested when I was at school as well. And, then, <laughs> and it was only like a couple of days later, she came in and she went, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's all right. It's it's, it is what it is. Exactly. I didn't, it, didn't, it didn't bother me at all. That. But obviously she was like, Without context, I was like, oh, I did try and give you the cot. She was like, you were just so matter of fact about it. I didn't realise that's what you were actually saying. I was like, yeah, don't matter. Yeah, you don't want people to feel awkward, do you? Because yeah. then it makes you feel awkward. I'd rather yeah. just like go on with it. There's you know? something yeah, really empowering about embracing embracing something like with the bold thing for a guy right yeah. for example i'm not comparing going bold to cancer by the way that's just sure <laughs> it's the only way i can relate to what's going on but for a while i was kind of like you know really conscious about it and stuff yeah. that's why i wear a lot of hats normally 
But now I do. I'm like, I'm bold. I am who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. Absolutely. You know, it is you've got to be is. who you've got to be, haven't you? And um, one thing yeah. I was, I hated was people were like, it's only hair, it grows back. And like, but like my hair really did bother me because it totally changed yeah, it how you look, yes. doesn't it? And it is your eyebrows, your eyelashes. And so whenever people would say that, I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> it, uh, it is a hard one. So I don't know if you were the same, but when my hair started growing back, I can remember been so joyful i had i must have had like a centimeter and i can remember posting on instagram going like i'll be planning it next week look at this and i've looked back at it since and i'm like oh bless you bed you were so happy with your centimeter i embraced the wig life i loved it i had a pink one i literally had one which i thought was really cool when i bought it it was like ice blonde and it was straight and then i thought actually it looked like dumbledore it was really did the wig thing (laughs) (laughs) oh i i had one that literally looked like my hair before i lost it and again, it was COVID, so I had to get it made by someone online and just literally just sent her a picture. And she did an amazing job. But because, again, it was that whole, I didn't want people to like, in hospital who didn't know me, be like, oh, look, yeah, she's in because of that. You know, so I was like, yeah. I just wear that. But then once it started growing back, I just embraced I got, it. I'd, gone, yeah. I'd, gone, I'd go crazy with something like that. I'd wear the, the, the was it, it. Uh, Toontown, oh, yeah. the pink one? Oh, what was it called? Uh, well, some uh, bubblegum style oh, hair. <laughs> you know what? My hair's so only just started looking like passable because it was because it's my hair was curly anyway and it's yeah. growing back curly i just had a nandu until yeah, about same three months ago i look like started to drop a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i had um because we got married in 2021 and i one thing i was like is i just wanted my hair for the photos so yeah. i had this weird thing called like a mesh integration system sounds really scientific but it's basically a wig that's fixed to your head um like a weave Kind of, yeah, but it was literally a piece of mesh on my head, and then they like, yeah, weaved in the extensions. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then when they took that off, and literally, they were like, and it was like, he had like obviously grown underneath and stuff, and they like styled it. And I just looked in the mirror, I was like, I look like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> like, I literally <laughs> looked like an old lady. That stays on your head for ages. Yeah, it was like oh, I had no. it for six months. You'd cha- take it off every six weeks or something, and they'd like wash, properly wash your head because you could obviously wash it, but it wasn't yeah it was a bit grim but um but yeah it was so for my wedding photos it looked like i had actual hair but yeah i I think i was a bit like you as soon as it started growing back i was just like yes and then actually you go wow (laughs) what do i look like how long am i gonna look like this exactly it takes so long though and it is it's part of you isn't it like that's one thing i still miss my hair it's not back to what it was do you think and i'll throw this to both of you do you feel like uh your your journey through cancer and treatment stuff has changed who you are as a person um i think it's made me more confident in who i am a lot of things over the last couple of years that has happened since since covid and cancer and i've i've it, for a while it was just one thing after another with me and i just feel like i'm quite secure in who i am and everything that happened leading up to today has made me just confident in that I am who I am. I think I'm quite a decent person. And I don't don't think I had that faith in myself beforehand. I love that. Nothing's derailing this train. No, no I love way. that. That's so good. I feel like I, I've definitely felt that I've had to accept help to get to where I am now. But I definitely feel like now I'm a bit like you, like I'm definitely more confident. I think it's changed me though in terms of like definitely I can handle more stuff and that I am badass and I can get this stuff done you know whatever throw at me but also like I'm a lot less like friends and like my circle this is a lot smaller like I don't like to 
like socialize as much with people. I don't know. I'm just very much more like that's my core people who were there and that's a nice progression in life. I, I've yeah. been through that and I didn't go. That was kind of like, oh, maybe I don't need like 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> but like all the people that it was great because I think it definitely taught me like who, you know, they always say, you know, you find out who your true friends are and very cliche, but people that came to the party almost that I never expected to be there for me and people that I thought would be that weren't. And so it was it was great for the wedding, saved loads of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think with some of the people that weren't there at the time, do you think um, that that's personal to them rather than an insult to you? Yeah, I think some people I mean, not don't that know that how that to handle it. it. Easier, yeah. But yeah. Just don't know how to handle it. This is what we should do then. We should create a podcast as how to talk about cancer. I think one thing is just don't like, cross what, the how street. Do you... <laughs> don't cross yeah. the street. Just don't feel awkward. Just, just tackle it. Just, just do it. Somebody cross the street. Yeah, like, like literally just awkward. Was that an immunocompromised It could have been. I don't want to affect her. But yeah, I think just... I'm definitely just yeah just whatever like I'd rather not people be people not be awkward about it that is something I hate because then I feel awkward I'm like oh, this is really awful like just let's just talk about it it's a massive elephant in the room you know like but yeah I think I, I don't know I think I've definitely changed like my relationship and like my you know my relationship with my partner and stuff like you know it it's my I think his auntie said she'd been through breast cancer 20 years ago and that was the great thing because she's fine and she's still here and that made me feel I'm gonna be okay yes. and she said it will either break you or it'll make you and literally like but and, and I was like brutal but and it did and I think it yeah. massively changed our relationship you know in a good way so that's yeah, positive lovely. yeah by the way I was laughing because all I can hear was Sue coming <laughs> from my kids room I'm really really sorry I picked it up on the microphones um it's it's lovely that you've been for this journey and you've both come out as strong as you are especially when it comes to campaigning mm. and and doing bits for charity and, and also raising awareness I know you've been working I, mean, I was looking at your Facebook again earlier uh Copperfield and the, the boobettes and yeah. you know yeah that's something I'm really sort of I worked I started working with Copperfield through my diagnosis and and sort of speaking to them more about advice for stuff really and especially with the financial stuff with work and and stuff and is I, it an NHS thing or is it no just a- no they're um they're just their own charity UKY but they're based in London and it's just it was set up by a woman who's got stage four breast cancer because she was actually diagnosed at 23 um with stage four it was missed basically because right. she was considered too young it was 19 when she originally found sort of the symptoms so it was set up by her and it's more of an awareness charity so they have this team of people called the boobettes um everything is boob related um and it's all people under the age of 35 who's got a personal connection with breast cancer so either a family member's gone through it or they've gone through it so like i just like we basically go around talking to schools universities like anything and just it's educating them on the signs and symptoms to look out for um so that for me i really enjoyed that because i feel like i just feel like i'm doing something like i just yeah. feel like i'm not wasting this whole like not experience that's a wrong word probably but this life-changing thing i went through like i'm not wasting it like i'm gonna go through it and there uh, and be like you know hopefully other people will not you know if they do have it because they can't stop it they're gonna find it early and that's what i don't know it is that whole cliche turning a negative into positive but that's definitely my motivation behind doing the boobat stuff i think that's amazing because you're getting the word out there and you're sharing your experience yeah. and raising awareness I, I love it and i love it being like young people like yeah. 
because I'm I was naive. I was like breast cancer that happens to all women. Like it doesn't happen to young people. You know, I, I was so naive. Pass about the Lambrini. <laughs> I was so naive, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many young people that go through yeah. this, and men and everything, and yeah. And that's the thing. I'm I'm like, I I think I've always known that it affects men as well. Yeah, but not on the scale of what I'm reading about now. Like, I know a lot of men are getting breast cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What mm. exactly? It's and and it's just like so. We talk about um. So I, I'll probably bring it up in a minute it's like the tractor run that i did um yes, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah we'll definitely <laughs> yeah, we'll, get into that we'll yeah. touch on that it's like well yeah just like <laughs> spreading the you know the message to men and women i think mm-hmm. as well is like but i just i love just being able to do that and and i work for myself so i'm like at home working all day long and so just fitting a couple of talks in here there or going to a, you know i went to reese heath the other week and did a stall there and like was just chit-chatting at one of their like open day things to people and just yeah i'm so like I am so open about it. Like boys are walking past, like, oh my gosh, that's someone woman talking about boobs, and I'm like, yeah, come over, let's yeah. talk about boobs. Men get it too, you know. You know, I'm just like, just you know, trying to like, you know, spread the message to everyone, and it's just nice when people engage with you and ask questions and stuff like that. And I usually that. I'm the first one in the queue when people talk about boobs. I'm like, okay, we're talking about boobs then. Okay, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for Fine. this. I am yeah. present. Um, <laughs> But like you know, uh, when it comes to, to to guys, we're kind of like a bit a bit like guarded and like oh, I don't want yeah. to talk about that stuff. It's you know exactly, especially vulnerable like and farming, stuff. Farming because like I'm from a farming background, so my biggest thing was I want to get more like young farmers and stuff like that to actually talk about it because I know I mean that was me I was like it'll be nothing like my mum was the same don't be worried about it it'll be fine there's nothing wrong with you because that's just how I've always you never really went to the doctor like that sort of thing that's just mm. how I've been brought have a lemon and honey yeah and rub some C. dirt in it it was kind of yeah. just a bit like that and so I was like I really want to like go to more farming sort of communities and try and get them to you know could think about it more because again since i've been diagnosed um you know there's another young girl in sort of our young farmers community who's been diagnosed with cervical cancer and stuff and so you know it's just it's it's just making sure people are aware you know not just breast cancer but any cancer you know watching out for the things that they should be um so yeah that's massive motivation for me yeah um and you know checking and making sure i've seen there's lots of lots of videos and how, how to do that and it's good that that, that that's there i mean like when Jay Goody was good doing her thing, I mean, I know, I know Facebook was about and stuff, but there was no like TikTok or Reels or anything. Yeah. There wasn't something that was that was like as impactful as as the short videos that we've got today. So it's good that we got you know, people like Copperfield and 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 the, you know, yeah, definitely. And they're they're just like the way that they communicate. It's quite a heavy message, but it's communicated in a really manageable way. Like it's it definitely resonates with young people their way their branding is and everything it's it's all fun and you know it's not like the videos I did actually do one to a WI club which is not really you know a bit maybe out of the demographic of what Copperfield is and the video comes on and it's like you're you're like perhaps bazoom is like all this sort of stuff and they were all like I was like, maybe this is the wrong audience. You know, I, bet like, there, I bet there's a couple in there like, yeah. It's like the yeah. men next door in the, yeah. in the like village hall, like, what's going on in there? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's very much like, it is out there, but I think it's it's attention grabbing, but in the right way. So hopefully. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think it is? I mean, you did touch about on about it, just to know that you're doing something good after after you've been for your journey and your treatment. And Verity, I know you did some great stuff with Overcom too, where you mm-hmm. raised money for them. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is about going through that journey that makes you want to fundraise? It's a hard one. Probably lots of things. And, I and it's very common. It's very yeah. it's good. It's great. Like, I don't think it's selfish to say that it makes you feel good as a person. Like, 
it makes me feel good to like do good mm-hmm. um which I, I, I yeah it's, it's not selfish but it's kind of like it makes me feel like a good person you know yeah. and, but again it's that whole like i wish i had more people that kind of could relate to me when i was going through it i don't know and that and, and like I'm talking to the Lincoln Davis guys at the moment about um, doing some volunteering um, in the Haymar Centre and, and you know, t- chatting to people there. And yeah, cool. So because I think that, like, just to have someone who, like, you know, we talk, we will talk on a different level because we understand, don't we? And, it's, yeah. and that's what I, I want to be able to do. I'll never forget the interview we did with Loren Stokes because, like, that was fantastic because the way you guys were, I think I was chatting to you yeah, in House exactly. Coffee about that interview. I was like... You guys were talking in your own language about your own things. Yeah. And I mentioned that, you know, the guys walking up and down farting in the, the council yeah. wards or the things that you wouldn't think about, you know, and like, I feel like it's you're right. Inside knowledge, you're very yeah. privileged to. Are there any podcasts that. about this sort of stuff? Because I feel like. Yeah. probably. There's so much more. Yeah. so much more you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe there's a, there's, a, there's a market there for some very sort of as it comes discussions about this yeah. kind of thing because oh, yeah you know in, in talking about like uh, raising money and raising awareness and giving back i think i had no idea that lingan davis was like a charitable organization I had no idea i just thought it was part of the hospital so i think when you go through something like that especially locally and like the lingan davis support you and yeah and everything i think that blew my mind a little bit um oh. and i think it I think it makes giving. I I just think giving something back is what makes you feel good. Yeah, and like you said, like, you've been through this yeah. awful thing. You're like, what can like, I do? To you like, guys have basically saved my life. Yeah, so I'm gonna tell people I wanna about it. I want to do something. It. I'm yeah. gonna raise awareness for these charities that exactly. have helped support and guide and save lives because it's all of a sudden it's it's much it's more so important in my life yeah but, yeah well it's like you were saying about i probably again well i'm i grew up in north wales so i'm not from shropshire originally and so i didn't i wasn't the same as you i didn't really know the extent I mean, in what they did i'm, I'm local so yeah. I, I should have known but i didn't but like i didn't i was same as you i was i was like i just don't you know i, I didn't understand i don't think the extent of what they actually bring to the table when it comes yeah. to cancer services in our area and and again you know um, I, I had my cousin, she was diagnosed at uh, the same time as me and she unfortunately passed away, but she was, um, she lived in Derby and she didn't have great treatment, but, and, you know, that's by the by, but at the same time, like I, that made me realise more how lucky we are to have such amazing services locally and literally so local. I think that's what makes a survivor story so <clears throat> special is the, the odds. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the whole, you know, it shouldn't be a postcode lottery, but sometimes it can be. And, you know, I think um, it's comparing our, you know, situations when we were going through it, they were very, very different. And it just made me realise, oh my gosh, like we're so lucky to have this, this, like these, the, the radiotherapy machines, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like we have so much access to such amazing treatment. And obviously Lincoln Davis has a massive part to play in that. So like you said, it's, it's like, I'm so passionate going, well, we, we need to keep going. We need to keep treating because more and more people are getting diagnosed. We need to keep going. We, we can't Gosh. slow down. Yeah, it's, it's only got to get bigger and exactly. better. Exactly. Keep your foot on the gas because it's, yeah. it's not slowing up, is it? I, was ch- I remember chatting when we were doing pod aid stuff like uh, chatting to Sally, who is, who is the manager at Lincoln Davis. She's fantastic. And she's talking about there's, there's more people now so there's more of a ratio there's the, the yeah. ratios are bigger mm. as, as as the population grows and then now we've got this backlog from covid where people weren't able to go to the gps or weren't checking or 
for whatever reason, I haven't got that diagnosis. Yeah. There's going to be a, and I think they're starting to see that now, there's going to be a huge surge in numbers. Definitely. You know, so it's good that... We, I used to like, when I was having chemo, I'd be like sitting there waiting and, you, and the bus arrives with all the people from Newtown and you think, oh my God, they come all the way here from Newtown. And you think, mad, they sp- it? it spans such all a massive... All over Wales. Air. Yeah, yeah I it's I remember insane. when I was having radiotherapy, because you go sort of the same time most days, don't you? Yeah. There was a guy who was coming from Hereford every single day and I was like, what's crazy. Yeah, like the reach is incredible. Yeah. Like to, to be able to treat such a broad, like, you know, geographical range is insane. And it's, it's pretty spectacular. It's amazing. It? I think I'm going to call this, uh, this episode, I don't normally give these episodes titles, um, but like how to talk about cancer. I feel like we should definitely encourage people to have these conversations. I think the more. key is, we've touched on a few times, just talk about it. Just, just talk. talk. Just yeah. talk. Yeah. I think we've probably become normalised to it because yeah. I talk yeah. about it so openly now and that's probably natural because it's literally been such a huge part of your yeah. life. But I, I am, I'm just like, yes, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, it's not awkward. It's not weird. Ask me whatever you want to ask me. Let's talk. It's my life. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I've gone through. I'd rather and tell you. because you've shared, because so, I shared mine um, mostly on Facebook. Yeah. But, um, the, I, I didn't share my fertility bit as much. Yeah. I've just got a very horrible fertility history, which okay. just causes me pain. Yeah, um, fair enough. But the cancer, I, I did share it a little bit, but the cancer I shared, you know, every chemo update. Yeah. That was a feed. And I, the feedback I got was pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. I was, like I said, obviously I had a couple of things, but m- most, most of the time I would have people going, wow, I'm now checking myself all the time or I've been referred to the breast clinic and, you know, like, you know, talking about, and you're just like, oh, this is great. Like I've actually got people maybe, you know, making a difference. Definitely. And I loved it. I loved it when people would message me like, oh, Bez, I, um, I'm really sorry to bring this to you, but I didn't know who else to ask, but I found a lump and I'm like, oh my bring gosh, it to yes. me. That's what I want you to do. Let exactly. me, we'll do it together. Yeah. Go to the doctor. I can't do anything, but go to the doctor. You're do literally you know I mean? like me. I th- uh, yeah. uh, When people message me, I'm like, I'm here. Whatever yeah. you need, you just message me. If it's 3am and you're really freaking out, I said, just pop me a message. I said, Love you'll be it. fine. Yeah. And you can, you can offer that reassurance to people because I don't know about you, but I went into it with total naivety. Didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know how I was going to yeah. feel. Thought chemo was going to make me feel better. It did not. Yeah. I mean, it made me better, but I felt very bad on it. Oh, yes. So when people reach out to me, I can just go, okay, so you've had this scan. This is really normal. They'll yeah. probably do X, Y, and Z and probably x y and z or maybe x y and z because you never knew what to expect so to be able to tell people this is what's going to happen makes them feel so much better definitely it's nice yeah it's like a privilege to be in the position definitely yeah you know if if you're gonna have to have gone through something use the knowledge yeah absolutely that's how i feel about it great to know a good advocate and to be a good advocate as well yeah so like one of my go-to people for my anxiety issues is, is is Stephen marshall and um he's a great guy and i had a, a proper like anxiety like terrible moment last week in fact up until yesterday i was in just in a hole i, I apologize to you because i but um i spoke to rianne who is traveling uh she's done a lot of traveling she's doing some solo travel seminars and i edit, edited back her podcast and i was like i was talking over her i was interrupting her and what i'd done was i was so anxious about everything 
I'd overcompensated with a bit of overconfidence. Yeah. So I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, and I listened back to it. I was like, how obnoxious did I sound? So I messaged her and I was like, I'm really sorry. I had a bad day. Like, you know, it's not my usual self. And I wrote to Alex and I, um, we were chatting. Uh, I'm Alex, Stephen. Um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I put, I was, like, I was like, the podcast is great. You're doing great. Cause he's got a new podcast out. Um, and I, I, oh, I'm feeling terrible. Uh, I'm feeling it, to be honest. Um, struggling with my anxiety, really bad. Imposter syndrome has effed me up for the last fortnight. Had a weird moment with Rianne, the girl who's doing the solo travel seminar. Edited back her podcast and I uh, overcompensated with confidence due to my anxiety and came like a, like an effing tool. <laughs> and he put, um, mate, listen, that's good that you identified those things. I didn't realise that I'd actually solved my own problem by yeah. recognising... The, the situation and I've gone to, to Steve and he's gone well you you solved it well yeah. done you got it that's good though yeah, do you know what I mean like good. you don't realise that you've actually got the answers do you um, definitely and but insightful not everyone has that insight no no and awareness of like yeah. yourself and that's because you know. he's been through that situation yeah I mean, no can, but you as well yeah, yeah. Him, you had awareness him, yes. of what you were and doing. You as well. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, Rianne, I'm sorry, but at the same time, I'm owning this. All right. Um, now, the reason I did have my phone out is because we asked we asked people about charitable contributions and why people yeah. do what they do, and I asked people what is the the charity situation you put yourself in that you're proud of. And Anna Williams um, uh, messaged and said, "Giving up my time to run my children's ch uh, schools PTA, re helping raise to raise money for a new playground equipment." Um, whether it's time or money given to a charity, it is arguably of equal importance and makes a tremendous difference. And she works for Lincoln Davis. That's very true. Time and money. Yeah, that is true. Um, Mark Fielden from Cords Crush Cancer re said uh, raising money, raising over £19,000 for Lincoln Davis. Ow. Yeah. In memory of his He's mom. He's never ledge. Yeah. Yes, he is. We were at uh, Cords Crush. It was fantastic. Now I need to switch to my personal profile to get to the other, the other things because I was like, I'm going to share it on my personal <laughs> and, the, and the Shoes of Biscuit too. Uh, we've got some really nice messages, so I've got to go over there. Um, yeah, we've got a few here. Um, <laughs> my friend Megan uh, Conliffe, she said, dating my ex. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. It's like legend. brilliant. <laughs> a legend. Adam Reese uh, from the TWS podcast. He finds out today if he's been voted one of the best sports podcasts in the UK. Ooh, wow. He works with um, uh, autistic children in Wolverhampton at school. Um, and he put uh, raising £1,500 for Little Rascals Foundation by running the Iron Bridge Half Marathon. Also, the TWS um, Sports Podcast raised £1,800 for the Little Rascals Foundation and Lewis Moody Foundation for uh, interview guests uh, by interviewing guests all day at school. Uh, that's fantastic. That's nice, yeah. Natalie Weller put uh, Running Impact, uh, a, a training name of Elite Dance Studios, a non-profit CASC for 13 years, providing dance and performing arts classes and events for children and young people from a wide range of disadvantaged backgrounds, including trauma, abuse, looked after children, exploitation, disabilities and mental health, low cost, partially funded sessions um ensuring the arts are accessible to all well done natalie i've yeah. i've been um we did a a shout out for her a while ago um definitely really to get in cool. touch yeah my friend brucey bruce in the u.s put uh, some years back i was heavily involved with children's hospitals and loved to dress like characters and santa for them during the holidays back when inflation wasn't absolutely gutting me <laughs> and i had no kids uh, and and single i also would get to know the kids and buy them random gifts mm. um to help uh, get them through their stay um with a bit of, um 
with that, it's a bit of a segue leading uh, from that to feed my starving children uh, to now Kids in Need Foundation, uh, where we got enough donations to give 24 schools all supplies and backpacks for every single uh, child in each school. Uh, the looks of appreciation and joy from the school staff and the kids was incredible. Well done, Bruce. That's nice. amazing. Well done. Everyone does such yeah. vast different stuff, don't they? You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. Like, there's so much good stuff going it makes on. Makes the world go round. It's true. It's true. Nice. Yeah, well done, folks. Uh, those those comments were great. And also, as well, you know, I'm starting to talk about Pod Aid again, which is... I love doing Pod Aid. I, I do love it. But the planning of it, the organisation of it, yeah. it's kind of like... A, it's all the this imposter syndrome. You're not good enough, Alex. You're not going to do this. But it's always turns out to be great. So I know I am. I am. That's just... Um, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the big checks that you get and all yeah. this sort of thing. I don't really do it for that. I do it so that I can tell, show people that conversation and microphones and doing what we're doing is actually really important and can help people. Yeah. That's why I do it's it. It's powerful. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's super powerful. You've got your own event coming up, haven't you? That you're planning. Yes. Yeah. Well, I did... Last year I did a tractor run, which... When I, what is a tractor one, by the way? Yeah, so cover this this so, is like, the issue. I think it's quite normal. And then when I was interviewed for BBC Radio Shropshire, and that's when I realised that it's not a normal thing. No. Like, what is this? Um, basically, it's a bunch of people go around on a 25-mile route, 30-mile route on a weekend um, on their tractors, and then usually have like a little lunch stop. And yeah, it sounds really... Are the tractors weird. decorated? So I did a prize for the best boob-inspired tractor last nice. year. So we had a lot of pink balloons, somebody put a whole washing line of bras on the back of theirs which was quite Brilliant. incredible yeah um so yeah I, that is a risky theme it, yes potentially yes. it is a re- especially <laughs> for be. a farmer that i was could- like oh we could get people topless i was yeah. like who knows <laughs> you know That's probably something i would have done <laughs> crashed yeah. some cars you know it'd just be awful I'll get the but, to the tractor run. yeah it was but like you said like we did so last year we raised five and a half thousand pounds congratulations which was amazing way. But my biggest win was um, I, did, I did T-shirts for everybody who entered. So 76 tractors um, that entered and all of them, probably 80% men in a bright pink T-shirt with the thing. One in seven women are diagnosed with breast cancer in the UK and 400 men every year. And that was on the front. And I was like, that is my win wow. to get all these men in. Do you know what I mean? Just wearing do you know that. What? I didn't even know that statistic. Yeah, because it used to be That's one mental. in eight. It's one in seven now. So one in seven women every wow. year. Yeah, in the UK. And it's and that was the thing. I was like, what's the catalyst? What's causing it? Like, what causes breast? I know, like, there's probably deep scientific. <clears throat> well, I know I I had genetic testing, and I, it was proved that I had the BRCA1 mutated. Ah, okay. That's yeah. why I opted to just get them gone. Get them gone. Get them gone now. That's fair enough. Um, yeah. I also had my ovaries and fallopians removed fair because. Enough. Yeah, yeah, had a higher wow. chance of ovarian and breast cancer. So I was yeah. like, get it all gone and I'll be back down to the average yes. Joe. Yeah. But other you're than less than average. You're not less than average. You're more than average. I mean, you're like, yeah. you're like a superhero. Exactly now. You, you, you are. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, average Joe. Yeah, yeah. The bracket, because I got genetic as well, but I didn't have any yeah. any of the bracket genes. But yeah, that's, that's why I was like, I'll just go flat. Go for it. Just go Embrace flat. It. I'm good with it, thanks. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I think like it's, it's just... I th- like we, we keep saying it's just raising the awareness. And I know Lincoln Davis have been so um, on it about wanting to raise more awareness. And I've done a few things with them about that. And, uh, you know, the signs and the symptoms and the checking and mm. not just breast cancer, but all cancers. And and that's why. So um, I am doing another tractor run this year. Yes. Um, it was literally last night, uh, confirmed the date. Um, so it'll be the 20th of August um, this year. Um, so it's pretty much the same sort of format, um, but I'm probably going to, 
try I'd like to get 100 tractors this year um so yeah and more do you have to like close roads off you know when you get big yeah. bike bike events and yeah no you don't if it gets like more, quite a bit more than 100 then you have to inform highways but if it's not then we just need marshals and we I just, just I was just people. okay yeah in high vis yeah. <laughs> I was just laughing because like I was thinking like because I, I drive through Cressage and I went on my way to work and if I'm stuck behind a tractor I'm stuck behind a tractor yeah. but being imagine being stuck behind <laughs> 20 <laughs> yeah because we did it on a Saturday this last year so we've moved it to a Sunday which is a it sounds it's, it's the usual day tractor runs happen on a Sunday. So I know it's <laughs> of really, course. But of who course, doesn't know who that? Who does not know this information? <laughs> but yeah, so it's I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to get a hundred, but it'll be like a 25, 30 mile route round sort of um so we we set off just near Whitchurch and then we go down into sort of Wixall um, but the girl I was talking about before who um, she's um, just had all her treatment for cervical cancer so she's getting involved as well which is going to be great um, so we're going to hopefully do the lunch stop at her family's farm and um, Linga Davis are going to get involved and help with lunch and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's going to be hopefully really good but I'm, I'm I want to smash even more of a fundraising target this year I'm just I'm well, motivated sounds like, sounds like you will <laughs> I hope so you're on the so. how can, on the tractor how can people get involved with it I mean like because yes. it's, it's, it's like a it's a route isn't it like I mean like yeah so you have to have a tractor I mean <laughs> it's preferred it's a long way to walk but <laughs> <laughs> people come in to spectate yeah so the, we have yeah. loads of people seeing people off at the because where we set off from um is a place that does like pick here in pumpkins and and sunflowers and stuff so they've got like toilets proper setup and we do breakfast for everyone who enters um so we had all the families there like waving everyone off and then actually like as you go along the route we we released the route on facebook and we had people outside the houses which is really cute just thinking you know you've got that guy going around the uk at the moment on his uh bike with the, yeah. the dj decks and he gets like the whole town following him yeah and bikes but why don't we see if we can set up like a, oh, some decks in a tractor with lights, insane. disco lights. And oh my gosh, that would do be they have amazing. music coming out of the tractors? I mean, yeah. I mean, some of them do. If they've got like a cab tractor, they would have it in the tractor. But most of them don't have a cab on their tractor. So they would I wanna, appreciate it. I want to create a disco in a tractor. Oh, we could totally do that. We could have like a little um, trailer on the back and you could have a proper like, you know... Get on the back. Oh, I was going to say we could, we could, if we could get a trailer, we could create a studio in the back of a trailer. That would be unreal. But we wouldn't be able to hear. We'd be like, he's <laughs> on the biscuit. Oh yeah, that, that would be truly horrible. <laughs> it'd be like being back at Kids Fest for the year. It's not great to listen to. <laughs> no, you'd be like, what's that noise in the background? But yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of it's a nice thing it's like a nice thing to do and like it was lovely having people coming out we we did have like buckets for fundraising so we got people um to stop if there was people outside the houses to donate but um everything was sort of online on facebook so i'm just in the process of redesigning all the flyers and posters and everything to go out um this year how long does it take to get the route together because that's my husband's job he's very good at that so he'll probably get it together and like he'll probably by next week we'll have a route definitely oh nice so yeah um but yeah we're trying to pick some really it last year it was really nice because we went off some farm tracks where you can't go on the road so it was nice to see you know bits that you can't usually see if you go in the car so people enjoyed that but yeah it was great there was loads of different people involved um we had amazing sponsors um i got lots of people to sponsor like the breakfast and then we had people sponsor the t-shirts so in terms of agriculture we had like um kubota big machine 
Greenery Company, um, Kubota UK, they sponsored us and things like that. And so there was lots of amazing people. Um, so I'm hoping this year we'll have the same. If somebody's listening to this and wants to sponsor you, how would they do that? Um, they can get in touch with me um, or they could get in touch with Lingen Davis and they'll direct them uh, to me. But yeah, I'm hopefully going to get everything out this next week so um keep an eye out on socials um but yeah it'll be uh me and lingan davis sort of doing it together so they can definitely find out through them perfect yeah it's it's, isn't it really exciting that when you you're saying you just come up with the eye you you know you just confirmed sort of yesterday or today like today i've just come to grips with the fact that right we've got to start planning pod aid right and i put a, a little teaser out on um on facebook today and jane pickworth friend of hers, she was like oh she started messaging me we could do this because you just puppets and, and stuff and voices so she was like we can do a game show we can get kids involved we can get this we can do that we can build a set we can do that. i was like yeah oh, yeah <laughs> love the enthusiasm yeah, yeah i love that i was just kind of like pod aid and then jane was like yeah <laughs> like oh my gosh i need a nap already yeah, i haven't yeah. even started um so if you want to get involved with pod aid as well please get in touch with me and the shoes biscuit i don't know what we're going to do this year i want to make because it's 2023 it's the third one we're doing so it kind of like you know bigger and better it needs to be like yeah so we, i want to i want it to be bigger this year Definitely. yeah so mm. well, get, get the, the pen and paper oh. out and planning caps yeah. yeah maybe we can have 20 tractors <laughs> Hey, I'm keen. We'll get something, some tractors there. Um, well, I think I think you're fantastic, and Thank what you you've, what you've been through, awesome. what you've done, what you're doing, uh, and Verity as well. You know, because you guys are fighters, and you're carrying on the fight afterwards after yeah. the fact of your fundraising and your campaigning, raising awareness. Um, so what, for for that, well done. Thank you. You know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank uh, you. <laughs> And uh, also as well, thank you to Anna Williams from Lingen Davis for putting this together. Yes. This is great. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So we'll, we'll where can, because uh, you're not just a fundraising thing, you've you got your own business as well. Do you want to give that a plug? And people make- I mean, sure. It's very niche. Um, I have my own business doing marketing for agricultural companies. So if, you know, if you're an agricultural company out there, you give me a ring. It's very niche. It is. I want yeah, to tell well, people you know, that. there might be a farmer. You never know. I mean, you, you know. never know. So always someone to tell someone else and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Snowball effect. Yeah. And do you have an Instagram or an email or how do people Yeah, so um, anything to do with my sort of uh, business is ME Marketing and Events. Um, and then obviously I still share quite a lot of uh, stuff, you know, sort of the whole rebuilding of life after in terms of throwing myself into fitness and all that sort of stuff. So my personal is Mary's Little Bubble um, on Instagram. I love that. Nice. Mary's Little Bubble. <laughs> that is cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, want, I, want a, I want a bubble. I'm always not a COVID kind either. <laughs> Who's inside your bubble? <laughs> oh gosh, that's like PTSD. <laughs> I didn't have a bubble. I was still working. You know, talk about those queues outside Asda. It was, that was so funny because I, I, I used to go in with my name tag because I was I was a, an essential worker keyword. Yeah, of course. And they'd be like, "Are you a keyword?" I'd be like, "Yes." And I get full of cut front and they'd be like, "Oi, what is it?" Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I need a can of Red Bull. You've got a night shift it's to most go to. Bizarre thing. I always say to people, I used to remember when it was like you can only do one piece of exercise, wasn't it? And I used to remember like people would be looking out the window going, "Beryl's definitely been out twice today." <laughs> <laughs> like that was a weird time we were living in it was so strange i really think weird. there's a podcast there somewhere where we can just take get loads of old posts from that time and just, read them out oh it would be mental it would that would yeah. blow my mind this yeah i live in the countryside but i'd walk i'd walk yeah sometimes a little, Twice a little more than i was allowed <laughs> 
But the one day I saw someone in my village holding a map. I was like, well, you've you... come too far. If you don't even know where you are. Yeah. Get out. Get out, you. At least blend in. I, I mean, know, come right? On. Yeah. pretend you know where you are. Exactly. Maps not blending at all. Not at all. Yeah. Well... <laughs> It was a weird time. It was a weird time. Well, listen, folks, thank you so much for thank tuning you. in. It's, it's been great speaking to you again and it's been great. seeing, it seeing been. you, Verity. And yeah. uh, you listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And all, you know what? If you're listening to this show for the first time, uh, make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram as well. Instagram's my favorite, I think, of yeah. all them, you know. And uh, uh, we're on TikTok as well. Uh, but also as well, if you're listening to this on, on on Spotify or if you listen to us on iTunes, whatever you're doing, just give us a follow and you'll get a notification every time there's a new podcast up. That brings up. Because uh, we've been doing like three podcasts a week because I just, I, I don't know my limits. <laughs> Go for it. Well, <laughs> today's been great. Thank you so much for, for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. That's another one of those episodes where you can feel like you're just eavesdropping, you know, because it's just, conversation i love i love how natural things are feeling at the biscuit at the moment so thank you mary thank you verity um uh the thank yous are going to continue though because as i record this i've just come back from uh two days uh covering drawn um which i've been talking about a lot on the show uh this was at the flax mill um and it was two days of speaking to artists uh at different stages in their careers um and you know with different abilities with different mindsets it was so so wonderful you know um when i get to go to an event like this and i get to speak to so many rich minds i do feel like um like a pig in a, a pig in a uh pig in mud there you go <laughs> I can't talk. That's it. I'm out of conversation. It's been two days of conversation. Um, thank you to everybody that spoke to us. And also, I want to say a huge thank you to my son, Leon, who came along and was my co-host for the weekend. It was really wonderful. And also to Cherie, Pearl, and Paul, and everybody else that helped plan um, a great weekend speaking to great minds. Uh, you're all wonderful, and uh, I really do appreciate every single one of you. A uh, quick reminder from the beginning of the episode, Web Orchard is a place to be if you need a great website building. Um, they are working tirelessly to make us look cool and to rebrand us in, in a very cool way. So that's the Web Orchard. Uh, make sure you give them a follow. All right, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. Peace out. <laughs>